I'm Rachel, the creative director for Ram Dass's Love Serve Remember Foundation, and I'd like to welcome you to our Inner Academy, a virtual Dharma Hall where our family of wisdom teachers will help you navigate your daily life by bringing ancient wisdom into a modern context. With over 200 hours of audio and video teachings, meditations, and practices from teachers like Ram Dass, Krishna Dass, Sharon Salzberg, Jack Kornfield, Roshi Joan Halifax, Joseph Goldstein, and many more, the Inner Academy is your core resource for finding balance, presence, and navigating the ups and downs of your daily life. The Inner Academy has guidance for every step of your journey. Choose from an annual or monthly membership and gain access to past and future courses, retreat replays, virtual community, and much more. If you've been familiar with Love Server Member Foundation for a while, you'll know that most of our offerings are given freely or on a sliding scale basis. So when you subscribe to the Inner Academy, you're paying it forward and bolstering our ability to continue creating accessible offerings for all in the future, as Ramdas wished for us to do. Be here now and start your journey with Ramdas's Inner Academy today. For more, visit ramdas.org forward slash Inner Academy. Welcome to the Krishna Das Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishna Das shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishna Das's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. Hanuman was a little um, impetuous. When, uh, when uh, Lakshman had been shot by the arrow from this demon, <clears throat> he was dying. Potentially, he was already dead. And uh, the Ayurvedic doctor that came over from Lanka, the, the, and he said, well, the only thing is there's one herb that's growing up on this mountain up in the Himalayas. It's called Sanjivani, and it, it can bring Lakshman back to life, but you have 24 hours, otherwise he'll be dead. There's no possibility. So everybody was very worried, obviously, and so I don't know how it happened, but Hanuman was sent to find the herb. Oh, two things happened, actually. That's a very cool story. So uh, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm mixing stories up, but who cares? You don't know the difference. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then Hanuman's mother, Mary, <laughs> so um, anyhow, so he goes up and he finds the mountain. He flies up, you know, through the air, and he, all the way from the southern tip of India, pretty much close to the side, Rameshram, at that side. <clears throat> and... Um, he finds the mountain, but the herb uh, hid from him. Uh, for some reason, I forget what the reason was, but he hid from Hanuman. So he got pissed off and he picked up the whole mountain and he flew it back down. And that's what he's holding here on his left hand. This is kind of looks like a lump. It was supposed to be a Himalayan mountain. So he's obviously got huge. He could, that's one of the siddhis, is to make yourself as big or small as you want. So he had all those. 
But another really cool thing happened. I, it might have been on the way back from that trip or another. But as he was flying, he saw a beautiful lake. And uh, I, I, it doesn't sound right, but he's, he stopped for a drink or something like that. And there was an, he saw this, be- this wonderful saint sitting by the lake. And the saint said, who is it? I'm Hanuman, the servant of Ram. He said, oh, really? Uh-huh. Yeah, see, here I have Ram's ring. Oh, really? Okay. Said, um, anyway, I totally forgot the story. But the point of the story is this. So he goes, to the, the saint says, yeah, go take a drink from the lake. So he goes to the lake and he bends down and he sees this glittering pile of like shiny stuff in the bottom of the lake. And he asks the saint, you know, what is that? What, what's that? He said, oh, those are the rings from all the other Hanumans. Because he had a little bit of pride, apparently. It's hard to get rid of pride. Because we, we think we were who we think we are, you know. It's, how are we going to unthink that? It's only when those thoughts no longer arise at all that we don't have real, we really don't have pride because we don't believe that we're actually separate anymore. Anyway, I totally messed up the story, but the point is that there must have been some little shred of pride there. I think that's in Valmiki. I think Tulsi Das takes that out. He didn't want Hanuman to have pride, so he takes it out. And I I really strongly um, encourage you to find a copy of the Ram Charitamanasa, the lake, the mind-like lake of the deeds and stories of Ram by Tulsidas. This is the retelling of the Valmiki Ramayana. And it's completely, it has the power to rewire your brain and all that, and open up a lot of space in there for all kinds of uh, feelings that we as Westerners don't have that, that, the channels to express that kind of love. And uh, you're just reading it will change, will, will really, it, it changed me I'd say completely, but I've been changed completely so many times that I hesitate to say that, knowing there's another complete change right on the way. So anyhow, it's a wonderful, wonderful story, and just just dive into the lake. That's what it is. Every chapter is a descent into the lake, deeper descent. It's beautiful. It's cold today. So, anybody, questions or anything? Got the mic? But I can't hear. I'm deaf as a doorknob. Okay, um, I've noticed that you refer to the chanting as singing. Sometimes, yeah. And when I chant, I do not feel like I'm singing. I, it just doesn't, and... Uh, I've studied mantra a lot. Too bad. <laughs> and they say not to refer to it as singing. <laughs> Who the fuck are they? <laughs> well. <laughs> don't tell me. I don't want to know. Knock yourself out. That's all I can tell you. You know, it doesn't make any difference whatsoever. What you say it is, it is what it is. So it's it's not singing. You're not making noise. You're not going, ooh. You're making noise. It's singing, but it happens to be chanting. 
The difference is you're singing mantras, and that's chant. You're singing the name. The music part of it is there, right? That's, these are instruments. There's a sound. There's a voice. It's music. The music is just the syrup that the medicine of the name is hidden inside of. You like the syrup. Sweet. That's what makes you take the medicine. <laughs> Without, you know, so like a kid, like a baby, they need to take the medicine, but it's not tasty maybe because we don't get the taste. When we say Ram, we don't feel Ram. So we're not getting the taste of Ram, but we are getting the taste of the sweet syrup. Period. End of story. But it's all good. Whatever you feel comfortable with is what you should, the way you should look at it. It's your, it's your path, your life, so it's all good. I'm just don't get stuck in what other people say. It's ridiculous. Okay, and uh, another question is, is how do you help people to be comfortable chanting? I come from a place where uh, a tell. lot of my students, a lot of my students are Christians. Sure. Well, I'm a Christian too. So am I. And, and I Je- love... But Jesus was Jewish, by the way. So I know. <laughs> we're out of luck. And it's, it's just uh, the idea of helping them feel like, feel comfortable doing it. If you feel comfortable, they'll be able to let go of their uh, minds. It's just mind working, you know, cultural programming. But you're not quite comfortable with it yourself in presenting it to them. I, I would sing to a, a dead rat if I felt like it, you know what I mean? I wouldn't be uncomfortable. When I sing, I'm not uncomfortable. I'm, I'm uncomfortable before, <laughs> maybe. But once I start to sing, I don't know what's happening. I'm not uncomfortable. I'm not nothing after, I'm, after that. So the more comfortable you are with what you're doing, they'll be able to let go of their discomfort. Because you don't quite, you're kind of in between, you know. I mean, you, we're all in between, but... You, there's so, so many programs. You don't want to be judged. You don't want to be rejected. You want to help them. All those things should be um, flushed immediately down the toilet. You can't help anybody. We can't help anybody. Like that. But if you get more comfortable with what you're doing and it gets more real to you and you see what it really is inside or beyond the the programming issues, the fact that these things come from India, blah, 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 then it'll be easier for them. Because you'll understand that it isn't about religion. It isn't about one culture. It isn't about one avatar over another avatar. You know, it's not, it's not, it's not about any of that. It's about finding some peace of mind individually, each one of us. So the more that's real for you, they'll feel the realness of it. But don't, don't get caught trying to help people, you know. Just the help will come if you're at ease. They'll be able to feel at ease. If you're not, they'll feel that too. Well, the, the, the problem is, well, when I first started chanting 20 years ago, and it was here, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, am I going to go to hell? I really did. You I really that, did. You were at that moment. And, and, uh, <laughs> and over the years, I've gotten to where... 
I love it. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. And I can sit in my in my meditation room at home mm-hmm. and just chant and chant and chant and just feel just wonderful. But it, it's the getting it over to these uh, to other people. There are and, no other people mm-hmm. except in your mind. And maybe it's not appropriate for them. You know, some medicines work for some people, some not for other people. You know, it, maybe it's not appropriate for them. Maybe you're pushing too hard and they'll feel that too. Why should you push? Who made you God? You know, just be yourself. Do what feels natural to you and what feels good to you and people around you will feel good themselves. But if you're at ill at ease, oof. if I was trying to do something to you, you would feel that. You, even if you got off, you would feel like you were being manipulated somehow. You know, like, in a, like, like at a rock concert. You know, they're trying to get you off. So you pay money to see them and buy their CDs. There's a whole thing going on there. And you feel that. You enjoy it. But you also feel, you know, that you're, you're being, your buttons are being pushed. You're being programmed by all those, the noise. That's not what this is. So, you know. Um, you know, people say to me all the time, you know, I want to share the chanting with people. I said, really? Why would you want to do that? It's the wrong motive. It's the wrong intention. It's not helpful to you or anybody else. In fact, it's dangerous to you because you just think you're doing something. And you do it more and more and you think you're doing more and more and you get bigger and bigger instead of smaller and smaller. I don't mean dangerous because you will get over it eventually some life but you know it's not healthy 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 for you to think you're doing something like that think you're so important and special and you know more than they do i don't know everybody knows just as much as they know in fact maharaji said beings come already taught by god anybody who poses as a teacher does so for the sake of their own ego so welcome to the club I'm sitting here like an asshole, right? Not at all. Oh, thank you. Okay, you can do what you want. It's all right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, no, I've sung down there. I've I've been, you know, I I know what it's like. First time I sang, okay, so there I was in a yoga studio in Houston, right? Packed. There were hundreds of people in in an area for about 30. And we were rocking. Oh, it was great, right? And then, then I sang Jesus on the main line. Everybody went. (laughs) They were trying to get away from that, and I hit them on the head with it. It was fantastic. (laughs) It was so great. I almost laughed in the middle of it. It was just fantastic. (laughs) Eventually, they came around because it's rock and roll, you know, so they love it, so... So there's, there's the backwards thing, right? Here, these people were so, they were yogis. They were doing this. They had nothing to do with that kind of culture down there. They wanted to be, and I hit them with it, and it was like, it was wonderful. So who knows, right? You know? People respond to real love. That's what they respond to. Nothing else. And nothing else that lasts. So when, when, you, when you're at ease with yourself, they'll feel at ease. Or they won't, but it's up to them, not to you. It's not up to you. You do what you do. Let them do what they do. That's the best way. That's the best way. 
It's the only way. Anybody? Morning, Katie. Morning. And, um, just Morning. Wow, what a concept. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that light is. <laughs> Actually, this is my first time to, to, to this uh, ashram and uh, and to be here and also to get to appreciate your 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 music, your gifts, and your knowledge. And thank you. And your humility, too, because... Um, yeah, I'm really humble. I think that makes a good teacher, you know, like as far as like connecting, connecting with people, because, you, <clears throat> you know... Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. That's good. Thanks. Okay. Um, and, you know, like that's something that I've been trying to deal with in real life myself, um, well, I have a daughter. She it was she's great, and now she's twenty eight years old. She's independent, so I'm still trying to find my my grounding, you know. And, and I've always been trying to, I guess, help help. Uh, I don't know if the right word is raise consciousness or enlighten people with um, just seeing how we're all connected. Because uh, in New York City, everyone feels so. It seems like everyone's just so detached from everything from each other from nature and and um and I had to kind of had to be a part of that because I'm, I'm in it you know <laughs> and i work yeah. there and so um and one of the things i guess i have to try to control a lot is uh emotions because uh, i get i get swayed you know i see you know also besides the the stuff every day but also the outright injustices in the city around the world and um i guess uh, the thing that drives me is the, I guess the injustice is, um, with the injustice is the anger that comes up. But I think it's also because I, I really want to see people living um, a just, like, when I say just life, I guess just having the basics, you know, a home, not worry about getting shot and you know, by, by cops or, mm -hmm. or you know, because it just feels so so intense, so different from here. You know, it's like here, I'm just like, I feel like... You don't know the ashram politics. You <laughs> 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 have no idea. I'll leave tomorrow, uh, I guess, ignorant, ignorant of that. <laughs> but I'll take with me the, the, the beauty that I have. But um, Good, yeah. I guess, you know, I'm just trying to find that balance because um, I really, I, I, I'm hearing what you're saying and I, um, and I know you're right. You really can't help people if they don't want to be helped. You, and um, and I, sometimes I set myself up, you know, I, I feel like I, I, you know, I'm sharing myself I'm with people and, um, and I, I guess I expect, you know, something, but then I get yeah. let down, you know. Yeah. So um, I, I know I have to work on myself, and I'm hoping it to be an example. Just like your life, it's like a, been a very, I mean, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I have other teachers too, and uh, but I've been checking you out on YouTube, and like I said, you know, it's like there's things that you share and and uh, <clears throat> sincere, yeah. and that's that's important. Well, yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, 
yeah, so. Yeah, it's it's good to see all that stuff and see how we what's what's going on inside of our heads and our own motivations for doing things. It's very important. And it's not that we can't help people. We can help people. We can help others. But people are going to be who they are. And we often want to change somebody in a certain kind of way. Um we want to have an effect on somebody. And sometimes it's so we can feel better about ourselves. So we're not really thinking about that person at all. We just want to make a difference because we want to feel that we made a difference. So that's another way of stroking ourselves. But I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm just saying that's one thing to watch. Yeah, it's good. You know, be as active as you can and help as many people as you can. But you don't forget your own happiness. Buddha said, in the whole universe, there's no one more deserving of compassion than ourselves. No one. So if we don't include ourselves in the world, then we're making a, a mistake. You know, we're, not, we're not doing the best we can at that point. We have to include ourselves in that. We're, we're, we're so outward outwardly directed and always looking out that we don't see and we, we don't we don't extend the good feelings we might have towards other people towards ourselves because we're not taught we're not trained that way it takes a lot of deprogramming to uh to kind of crack that hard shell that we have so it's all good you know do whatever you can when you can even even if you feed somebody today, you know they're going to be hungry tomorrow again. So don't expect that you're going to give them the food that they'll never feel hunger again, right? But that doesn't mean you don't give them the food if, if they're there and you have the food. <clears throat> Thank you. Um, yeah, that's something that I've always neglected in the past about yeah. looking out for myself and... Um, and it uh, eventually just, it, it, it tore me apart. It tore yeah, me well, apart. Because... You know, I always said, and I still say that, I sing to save my own miserable ass. I say that over and over, and it's true. The only problem is that my ass has gotten a lot wider over the years. <laughs> and it includes, it just, I didn't want that to happen necessarily. I wasn't looking for that, but it's just expanded. You know, it just lost some of its definition and kind of, you know, I'm wearing huge pants now. <laughs> the point is that everybody's, you know, that other beings have become more real to me, actually, even while, you know, as I became more real to myself. So... <clears throat> Anything before noon is just dead meat here. So you said that the Mahatmas, um, we don't have free will, that they are sort of the ones completely running the show. Where does willpower play in? Well, willpower plays in is if you think you have a choice to make, 
Make it. Think about that for a minute. Think. Think. You can do it. You can. I know you can. If you weren't inhaling all those things for your lungs. Too much. She's an old friend. I can give her a hard time if I want to. So if you think you have a choice, you have to make a choice. I mean, if you're presented with two or three or four alternatives to what you're going to do, you have to choose, right? Because mind is working. When mind is not working, there won't be any choices. But if there are choices, you make the best choice you can. But isn't, isn't the Mahatma making the choice? You're not. Why bother? I'm, I'm not. It's your experience. You have to honor your experience. You can't up-level it in your mind. You're mind-fucking yourself. Sorry. But you shouldn't, be, you know, that we do that all the time. You're trying to think yourself out of a prison that's made of thought. Well, I'm not going to make a choice. The Mahatma's making a choice. Let anything happen. And then you get hit by a car because you're not paying attention. So if you, in our lives, if we have, feel we have choices to make, we should make the best choice we can for ourselves and everybody else who's involved in it. When, when you are the Mahatma, when you know that you're Mah the Mahatma, the great one, God, there won't be any choice making. It's different. But we're not. So you have to honor where you are. That's what I was talking about. Ultimate reality and relative reality. We are in relative reality and there are choices to make because we think we are who we think we are. We do. Come on, don't lie. You think you're you. Right? So make a choice. But when you know you're God, it's very different, they say. That's what I'm saying. So there's no, don't try to up-level it. It's not a mental problem. The problem is making the right choice for yourself. Now, we, there's another level to this, which means, which is <clears throat> the ultimate reality is what's really true, which means that you're not really making a choice. What you're doing is following a program that's running. That's a totally subjective view of yourself and of the universe and your understanding of it all. Based on all your things, all your programs, something's going to happen. You're, you will make a choice. But it's kind of on automatic, even though we think we're thinking about it. There's very little slippage in the system. Every once in a while, if you really calm down and have an ability to let go of expectations and fear and, and thoughts of the future and the influence of the past, which is a very deep, advanced state, at those moments you might be able to make more or less of a freer choice, a cleaner choice, a more open choice, a less programmed choice. But for most of us, most of the time, what we think of as making a choice is really just you know, letting the program run even though we don't experience it that way, which is what the difference with the Mahatma, a great saint, is that there's no one in there making decisions. It's all coming through, and it's an inconceivable state. There's no sense trying to think about it much, just other than it's way beyond what we can ever understand with our minds, our, our thoughts. But we should recognize that it's 
not only a possibility for each and every one of us, but it's actually who we are already. But not who we think we are. That's a whole different ballgame. So, if you have a choice, make it. Make the best choice you can. I mean, let's take it to the worst extreme. Like, you know, your, your kids are playing in the front yard and, and uh, one of them wanders into the street and the car's coming. You're going to sit there and watch the car hit the kid? No. Boom. A program will run and you will choose immediately to go do what the best thing is at that moment. There's nothing wrong with that. You haven't made a mistake. But we don't know ultimate reality. Ultimate reality, the same thing might happen. But you wouldn't think you're doing it. That's all. But that's, that's, that's second grade. We're not even in kindergarten yet. <clears throat> so, really, you can't, you can't do that to yourself. You should not do that to yourself. You can't think yourself out of a prison made of thought. That's what I'm saying. You can't think yourself out of this. We have to find a way of releasing the thoughts. You can't think yourself out of it. You're never going to understand it because the you that's trying to understand is the problem, is the program that's running, is the... the, the uh, Whatever. So, you know, that's why when you sing, whatever you're thinking, you let go of. Whatever you're feeling, you come back to the name again and again and again and again. And all the, you know, saints, all of them describe these things in their own way. And we read them and we think, yeah, that sounds right. But that's, that's here. You know, and and it doesn't do anything to to uh, short circuit the knee jerk reactions that we have all day long, because they're knee jerk reactions. We don't get a vote all day long. We don't get a vote about what we feel, how we feel, and what we do. It's very. If we really look, we see that you know there's not a lot of free will going on there. But it's not important. Just sing. Just take the name. That's all you have to do. That's what Maharaji said. That's what all these great Babas say. But we don't do it. How much time do we spend every day actually doing something? Right? The rest of the day, dreamland. And yet we think we're great yogis. Right? Really, it's there, you know. However, we're doing the best we can. That's the other side of it, aren't we? Everybody's doing the best they can. I'd be grumpier if I was doing better. <laughs> but we're doing the best we can, and that's great. But our our ability to uh, open more and more happens through practice, through, un, through experience, not through thinking about it, not through evaluating how we're doing now, how am I doing now, how am I doing now. That's useless, to say the least. 
really useless. No value to that at all. None. Ram Ram, that's it. So, there you go. That's the bottom line. Ram Ram. Anything else that we think about ourselves is, is you know, phantoms, just nonsense. It's just us thinking about ourselves again. Some days we think, oh, I'm so great. Some days we think, oh, I'm so bad. <laughs> They're exactly the same. Me thinking about me. That's all it is. That's all it is. So that's also when you say, oh, damn, that's right. It's just bullshit. That's also me thinking about me. Isn't it? So let that go too. We don't see our beauty. We don't see the love that lives within us, you know? And even if we did, we'd be distracted by the one little pimple. And that's all we'd see. You know? God doesn't worry about pimples. He uses uh, Oxy-10. Actually, Oxy-108. So, you know, I'm not saying to, you know, to get a, a, a frontal lobotomy. Thoughts are useful. They get us through the day. They make us go to the store and get, buy the right things. You know, the cookies with the most sugar. So, <clears throat> but we, it's not necessary to believe all those thoughts. But we do completely all the time. That's why, if you even thinking about that, you think you're thinking about that, and that's silly. But we do it, and we believe it. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? And we're supposedly on this spiritual path. Ah, you know, think about the people you know who, who are paying no attention to themselves at all. And, and still, you know, see, see, see how little we're really capable of, of changing ourselves in a way or opening ourselves, you know. We're, it's like there was a line in this book, or posturing in the void. I love that image. I don't know. My image is, I just see, you know, somebody like, you know, holding themselves like this, holding themselves like this, and there's just nothingness all around, you know. It's like, you know. Posturing in the void, that's what we're doing. We're floating in space and we're just like, you know, combing our hair and putting on the clothes and like there's nobody around. It's like, you know. So just do your practice. It's really important. It's really important to spend some time noticing how much you think about yourself. We think about ourselves. It's really very It's powerful. There's no answers to anything. The answers happen when the question disappears. Hi. <laughs> um, I'm trying to come to grips with how to feel safer with feeling things deeply. And in the setting, it feels safe to be open and vulnerable, even when painful things come up and it all comes out and it kind of seems to get washed away in all of this 
loving energy, but uh, I know that when I'm not here, the tendency is to shut down and even anesthetize those deeper, more painful feelings like depression and grief and shame and things like that. Um, so I was wondering if you had anything to say about that. Well, first of all, uh, this is not just an isolated event. When you come, when we could get together like this, we're training ourselves, whether we know it or not. And we're letting go of stuff, whether we know it or not. And tomorrow is just the day after today. And there'll still be what happened today will be within us tomorrow. So that's why we come to these things, you know, because it changes us, changes us. We become more aware of those very things that usually push, push us from behind, like the fear and the guilt and the shame and the anger and all the hurts and the betrayals. We become more aware of those things. And if you're aware of them, they're not pushing you the same way. You, we may not experience it. We may not feel it's any different, but it is. Because you've spent three or four days in this place. It's not a physical place. It's not Yogaville. It's a heart place. So that's, that's you, you, everything that's happened has happened in you this weekend. Your body happens to be at Yogaville, but you take that with you when you go. Because, so, so these are very good things. These retreats are very good and they're very helpful. And you can always find more of them to go to, you know, instead of, you can always, that's a, that's a use of will, right? Where you decide, you say, okay, I could sit home this weekend and mope around, or I can go to some meditation retreat, or I can go to a soup kitchen and serve food. I could do a lot of things this weekend differently than I usually do. So that's why will is important. And but you know, have a little uh, have a little faith. There's magic in the night. You ain't a beauty, but you're all right. <laughs> so things happen, you know. We change, but we're not aware of the changes, you know, because the mind is keep telling our thoughts keep telling us the same story, but. It's not, we're not required to believe that all the time, but we do most of the time. But going through a weekend like this, you've created some space in there, whether you know it or not. And you take that with you. So, because it is you, it's not a mistake and it's not somebody else. Now, your thoughts may tell you, oh, that was great. It'll only happen if I could go back to Yogaville. And I can't do that. So, right? That's a program. Right? How many times are you going to believe that shit? Right? The same thing over and over again. You keep believing it? Come on. So that's why we practice, so that we get a little bit of a vote when the program is running. That maybe not, you know, and we do something else. And eventually we're able to just let that thought go without acting on it. But it's a process. It's a process that we need to commit to in terms of 
making, taking steps in those directions to help ourselves. There's lots of things we can do. Unlimited opportunities to do this kind of stuff. You know, and um, that's, that's taking care of yourself. Knowing that you have these programs, knowing that you need help to overcome them and to, to get a vote while they're running so they don't run you off the street, you know. So you take yourself and you drag your miserable ass to another yoga center or to a meditation retreat or something, you know. You know, I remember Ramdas telling the story of this guy called him up and said, uh, I'm going to commit suicide. And Ramdas said, really? He said, yeah, I'm going to commit suicide. Okay, uh, do me one favor. He said, I want to speak to the guy who made the phone call. Right? The guy who made the phone call didn't want to commit suicide or he wouldn't have made the phone call. So let's... I want to talk to the guy who, you know, wants to sit in Maharaji's lap, right? So no matter how I feel, that's who I want to talk to. So that's what we have to develop. And we have to see that, you know, in our, in our lives. See what we really want and, and feel okay about going for it. It's very hard to, once a program is running, it's really very difficult to, get out of it until it's run its course and we're we're lying in the gutter somewhere you know emotionally so that's why we practice we practice when we can because we're planting seeds we're creating space in our hearts in our lives and in our essence to that that is not subject to those programs but you know it, it's it takes effort. It really does. It takes effort. <laughs> it takes effort. If you don't cup your hands, you can't catch the raindrops. You know, you must. Otherwise, there's nothing. You have to. That takes effort. So if we want to be happy, if we want to find real love, if we want to know who we are, if we want to live in this world in a good way, we have to, we have to understand that it takes a little bit of work. When Maharaji left the body and I came back to America, or he sent me back first, uh, you know, I was destroyed. I felt I would never be happy again. Because the only time I was ever happy was hanging out with him. That kind of love, that kind of joy. And for a long time, those programs tortured me. I had no, nothing to say about it. I was totally victimized by my own stuff. And um, I, I had no vote, you know. I was, in, I was in despair and I felt that I would never be happy. So I was wrong. Can you believe that? You're wrong too. We're all wrong. All of us will absolutely find what we're looking for. We all will find that love because we are that love. The programs will run as long as they run. But time will come when they won't be running the show anymore. Everybody, that's the deal. We've been shot out of the cannon, like Quaker Oats or something like that, you know. We're going to hit the ground. We're going to hit Earth sooner or later. And that's when we 
be standing on our own two feet. It has to happen. So, and when I say practice, I don't mean sitting down like, oh, duh, 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 duh. that's not practice, that's torture. <laughs> when I say practice, I mean doing what you feel is, is best for you, what's going to help you. And you might try things that, that they don't work, you know, so try something else, right? You're the only one who knows if, it, if it's helping you or not. You know, you do it for a while. If it's just like, I can't stand this. Why would you keep doing it? Find something else. Maybe like Sufi dancing instead of standing on your head. Go be happy. Go down Sufi stuff. Maybe like Buddhist meditation instead of this or that. Maybe like this. Maybe like that. There's a million things out there. Go for it. Find stuff, you know. Get out there. Remember those posters, expose yourself to art. Expose yourself to spiritual stuff. There's so much out there now in America. When I started, there was nothing. Nothing. I did asana practice with this guy in a little apartment on, you know, on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And the cockroaches were running over me. Mice were scrambling around on the floor. It was a bare wood floor. And I'm doing asana on this bare wood floor. And this guy, you know. That's what was available. Now you got these fancy mats, <laughs> climate control rooms, <laughs> vegan food. Whoa. So much possibilities. So much, you know, so much. So really, you know, most of our suffering is in our minds. Is our, our, we're tortured by our thoughts. Like I said the other day, most of us have a place to sleep. Most of us have food in the refrigerator. Most of us have electricity. You know, it's not like that most of the places in the world. So recognizing that, there's a lot to be grateful for. You know, if we don't cultivate that kind of thinking to replace all the negative thinking, then the negative thoughts just keep, they just keep filling us up. You have to do, it's not, it's not only enough to just sit and run, say, ram, 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 and then go watch TV. You have to kind of recognize, you have to cultivate positive thoughts. Now, the fact that I'm saying this is so horrendous to me, I can't believe it. I'm a depressed moper. There's no way in hell I'm going to cultivate positive thoughts. However, I am. Gratitude, we have so much to be grateful for. Really, it's ridiculous. You know, some of you have traveled to India, some of you have been other places in the world, you know what it's like. You know what it's like. That's this world, our world. We have a lot to be grateful for. Yeah, but it still sucks, everything's so terrible. That's a program. Work on it. Because it isn't so terrible. It, it just feels bad. So, on one hand, it's not such a bad idea to cultivate a little caring and loving kindness for all beings. 
including herself. And on the other hand, doing a little Ram Nam, a little jump, a little chanting, a little quiet meditation inside. They both help each other. They help each other. The, 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 those, those sattvic thoughts, those positive thoughts, those open up channels for our hearts to express themselves. Our real problem is not that we're not loved. Our real problem is that we don't know how to love. And we don't know, we've forgotten what real love is. So those feelings, those positive thoughts are ways of allowing our hearts to flow. That's what we want. We want to be flowing out to everyone in the world. We don't want to have any fear. We want that love to wipe out, wash away all the fear and all the stuff. And it will. But we have to figure out how to let it go, how to let it flow. And the chanting is, is the one way that will absolutely uh, shift the way we feel about ourselves and allow us to develop these qualities. Because we, we're not, what do we know? You know we, when I grew up, there was nothing around, you know. Most of you, we grew up in cultures that there was no happiness in real the way my parents felt about themselves, the way they saw themselves, that's how I thought, saw myself. I, we, we, we take that on. We, we, without knowing it, it's transmitted to us. And we naturally assume that shape without even realizing it. It's, we've been programmed. They've been programmed. Their parents were programmed. Their parents were programmed. It's, a, it's the, what the world does. So to undo that, or to release some of that programming, we have to get here. We have to slow down. We have to kind of, you know, you have to give yourself a break. It ain't easy, but that's what's required. That's what we need to do. And you're in there waiting for you. Just waiting. You're already in there. And you're just waiting for you to turn to you and say, wow, hi. You've been here all along? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so when we do practicing, when we're singing, when we do this kind of stuff, we're, we're moving deeper into ourselves, towards our own hearts. And that stays with us. You can't hold on to it. It goes through your fingers. You can't hold on to this space because this space is now. Tomorrow will also be now, but it'll be, won't it be a memory of this. The memory will go. The contact high will go. But the change that happened in your heart will still be there. If you look for the memory and think it's gone, I'm screwed, that's a program. So we're going to sing first Hanuman Chalisa. Um, <clears throat> let me just go over one line with you, okay? Ram, Lakshman, Janaki, Jay Bolo, Hanumanaki. Ram Lakshman, 
Janaki, Jebolo, Hanumanaki.
Sitaram, 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 
just as we wish well for ourselves, we want happiness, we want love. Just the same, all beings, everyone out there, all these billions of us, they want the same thing. So, and just as we wouldn't know anything about a path to this kind of love and happiness, if it wasn't for the, the great beings that have gone before us. So, be, just as they wished well for us by leaving us some footprints to follow, what can we do? How can we ever repay that debt? The only thing we can do is to wish well for others, the same way they wish for us. So we wish that all beings everywhere, all of us, all of us, be safe, be happy. All of us have good health and enough to eat. And we wish that we may all live in peace, inside and out. So, take that with you. And see you around. Namaste.